Welcome back to Chit Chat with Alley Cat. I'm your host, Alley Cat, and today I'm here with Daniel B. Summerhill. He's a poet, professor, father, and husband from Oakland, California, and also Monterey County's first poet laureate. We're going to get into this conversation about embodiment, what that looks like for us, how we show up in spaces, how we hold space for our heart, and the various ways that we have to navigate grief and achievement and exhaustion um, all while being being present, right? And doing our best to stay present, doing our best to show up. Just like, how do you hold space or carve out space for your own heart? Mm. And I still don't think I have like a good answer, like, or a, like a thoughtful enough answer. Um, you know, I've talked about like one of the things I, I, or I thought about or considered was that uh, that looks different, like in different times, like, you know, in your life, you know, um, but also like we're, we're meant to be together and like in community. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the, the thin line between like holding space or carving, carving space for your own heart, but then also your heart also depends on so many, it should depend on other folks in, right. in a way Cause that it's like, like is very mm-hmm. vulnerable. Right. And like, and like, you know, dangerous place. So it's like, the question really tripped me up. Cause it's like, well, man, like I, sure I should carve space for my own heart, but also like I'm a human and we're so like folks be like, Oh, I'm independent or mm. I don't need nobody. And like that whole thing, which is cool. Um, but I also feel like that's not true. Like folks, you need, right. you need folks. You need folks, right? You need folks. Right. And, and so the question is really, again, it's just, I'm still thinking about the question. So that's mm. one of the things that like, I'll probably be chewing on for just a while. So I'm going to flip um, it. I'm going to flip yep. it then. Because I've been thinking a lot about this idea of self-care, you know, self-preservation, maintenance, all these different things, um, and community care, right? And like mm-hmm. how in community, like you're nourished, like it's, I feel like there's that, like you were saying that fine line of like holding space for yourself. That's just you in solitude and then holding space for your heart, which is like so expansive. Your heart is like manifested in so many embodiments. And so thinking about that, like, how do you stay connected to people? How do you, um, you know, form those different connections in a time where it's really hard to like, form connections with folks you have never met, right? Yeah. Or even have the opportunity to meet folks that you would like to connect with. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. And I think, like, folks always, you know, I think a lot of times folks are looking for, like, the grand, like, the answer, right? But I think it's, like, like, everything, it's all more so in, like, in the process of, like, of, like, the effort, putting the energy towards, like, doing that, that, like, the thing happens. Chit Chat with Alley Cat is sponsored by Teas with Meaning. Magic is our main ingredient. Teas with Meaning is committed to providing handcrafted organic, loose leaf, and bottled tea blends. Developed in the heart of Oakland by educator and tea connoisseur Camila Mitchell, a brain tumor survivor and cancer warrior. All ingredients are sourced from Mount Shasta, California and other farms throughout the world to ensure quality ingredients with various medicinal properties 
without compromising taste. I love a good cup of tea from Teas with Meaning in the morning or at night when I'm about to go to bed. It's just just a warm hug. I recommend you all go get a few bags of tea and yeah, sip with meaning. And it's not so much like as a, a thing you're looking to like to arrive at or like a, a thing, a singular thing, but rather like, for example, I have a homie that I used to work with. His name is Tim. We went, you know, went to, you know, kind of grew up together and then we worked together like as young adults, like, you know, fresh adults trying to like navigate the world and all that. And um, recently he's been trying to get into like photography and videography. And so I was like, yo, um, uh, you can shoot like a promo video for my for my forthcoming collection of poems. Okay, forthcoming seen... collection. Yeah, but listen, I I um I hear you. <laughs> uh, I've uh, never seen his work. I've seen his photography. I've never seen his like video work. But I was like, yo, shoot the video. Um, and but really, like how that conversation came up was he came came across my, my mind like I literally just thought about him we don't talk often like there's years between us talking but like I called him and I was like yo how you doing you know what's going on like how you living and like that I think in and of itself led to the video theme which is you know a chance for us to re kind of reconnect and like mm. you know check in and so I guess again all that to say like it was the process like just the idea um of calling him up to see how he was doing and then of course that birthed like the, the whole video project idea but but I guess like the idea is that not that like mm. we're looking for like I don't know a way to like take care of our heart or like to be in community about our heart, but more so like as long as we wake up and try to do better like the next day, in whatever way that is. Um, then I think I don't know. I guess I think I think that's that's where the care comes from, right? Like the self the self care. Does that make that make no sense? I no, it, it does, <laughs> and I think that like. I don't know, like, uh, like, um, I've done like, like thriving charts or like self-care charts where you look yeah. at the week, the month, the year, you know, you look at like the days, you know, just like grand scheme. Um, yeah. and it's like weekly, what do you need? You know, for me, I was like weekly, I need like a really deep conversation. Um, mm. you know, some, like laughter, um, yeah. probably a good cry. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. just thinking about what, like, I need to be my at my best. Um, yeah. Lots of good food, tons of yeah. tea and water, you know, yeah. but then those get into the daily, right? And so just thinking about, like, in that moment, you were just like, you know what? Let me just check in with this friend. And yeah. it wasn't about, like, an ulterior motive of, like, oh, how do we connect on this? It was just like, let me check in. And things just yeah, go up I'll organically. And to trust those, trust those moments too, because sometimes they happen and we don't act on it. So like whenever that happens to me, I know that like I have to like, I got to call this person because there was a reason that randomly at 2.36 in the afternoon on a, a Thursday that Tim, you know, crossed my mind. So like mm -hmm. I used to didn't, you know, acknowledge those those yeah. things and just keep, I got, I got to get through this work or whatever. But instead this time I was like, yeah, I got to, let me call, let me call my boy that I haven't talked to in a while. Um, mm. which also made me think about, I have another friend, uh, you know, just, just wrapped up his PhD at UC Berkeley and like Africana studies. Um, and, uh, we don't like, he's one of my closest friends mm -hmm. and you think, you know, it's your closest friend. You speak to him like all the time, but like, nah, we talk like every couple of months maybe, but mm -hmm. like when we do talk, 
it's always like so rich and so fruitful. Like for the for instance, the other day he texted me like a couple of days ago actually. He was like, "Yo, uh, super random, but how you feel about this whole like debate between the new like push to make it like Black Futures Month versus Black History Month?" And um, we're and so it turned, you know, he and his wife, you know, were talking about it. So we were like texting back and forth about like the ideas, what what our thoughts were. And, um, you know, at the end of it, he was like, yo, thanks for engaging in that. I know it was super random. And I was like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I I appreciate because, again, whenever we talk, it's always like good. It's never like, yo, how you doing? And he's like, good. And then like the conversation's over. Right. right? It's always like like we're like, you know, kind of digging in a little bit. Um, and it's that way in person and text, whatever, whenever we kick it, it's good. Like it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that fills me up, right? Like those, those interactions fill me up both intellectually, spiritually. Um, and so I think there is something to that too, right? Like connecting with your folks and doing so in like on a, on like a, you know, a more meaningful level. Yeah. Um, but that conversation was wild, you know, and, and it came down to like, things don't have to be like, you know, such duality right don't have to be like this or that well and you know it's interesting i've been i've been hearing well it's not hearing one person said it and i just loved it um you know pendarvis let's say one more time pendarvis harshaw i don't okay so pen oh my god you would love pen um okay so pen was just tweeting he's um a journalist writer like just overall incredible person y'all check out his podcast right now ish um on KQED Arts, look, I'm like, Bleh. but he was talking about Black Healing Month, and that, like he hashtag Black or not, he didn't hashtag, but he just said it, yeah. um, and I was like, ooh, this fusion of history and future is healing, right? Yeah. Because it's like a lot of people's critique of future is that we're not talking about now. The critique of the you know the critique of history is we're talk we're not talking mm-hmm. about now, and so it's just like you know, getting like too lost up in the past and nostalgia or getting too lost up in like Afrofuturism, but I'm like, we deserve all of it. We deserve yeah. all of that space. Yeah. And and I feel like I hear both, like all of those critiques of like this or that or, you know, but I, I feel like we could have every single part of this month because it's all year yeah. because it's our lives. You know, yeah. it's cute when people are like, happy Black History Month, but I'm like, what does that mean to you you know this week i heard some young people say what it meant to them you know what does black history mean for someone in middle school in 2022 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it don't it don't mean the same thing as it meant for us right no and it's so it's so funny you say all right so two two great things you actually just said that was that made me think of a couple things one is um we have like this tendency to be like really adversarial uh in the western world for sure like especially um like in the united states like for sure for sure and that is like to be like the, our first gut reaction is not to be like our first gut reaction is to be like i, I disagree right yeah. or i don't like you have to voice or express your disagreement with the thing and so it's funny like in my classes i always say like up front like you can disagree like that's totally cool but i don't think that's the first thing that you should express right if you express i understand then that becomes what's more important than you disagreeing. Everybody disagrees, like it happens. We're, we're different folks, right? Mm-hmm. We have different views, opinions, perspectives, et cetera. But as long as you make the time to like understand and like listen and, and, and you know, have that empathy, then um, that's what's more important than, than, than a disagreement. And so um, I think in the case of this debate between like Afro, uh, you know, or the Black history futures versus like history, 
um, goes into that same kind of category, right? Folks are like so eager to like, you know, say one is better or right, more right than the other. But in, in, in reality, it could just be, you know, like you said, like a fusion of the two. And in some ways, right, like we need like all of those, like we need it to be Afrofuturist. We also need to acknowledge like where we, where we've come from. Mm -hmm. And, and in that, in the middle space, that is where the healing takes place, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, who was it? It was, um, Damn, I was listening to somebody. Maybe, I think maybe Ocean Vong said something like, uh, uh, what's it, Ocean, maybe Ocean Vong. But he basically said, trauma is the body's response to rupture. And so the only way to, um, to like heal from trauma is to, to, to heal the wound, right? Mm -hmm. And so like folks are trying to like move on, um, with, with an open wound, like an open rupture. And so in many ways, like this whole conversation about Black History Month, Black Futures, like can be rooted in the idea of trying to like, like close that wound so that we can actually have mm. like a, a better future for ourselves like that, that we can dictate. And it's not dictated by the rupture, the wound that we've, you know, had to deal with for 400 plus years, right? Right. Um, so I dig that. I dig that healing, Black Healing Month. That's fresh because I think there's a work there, mm -hmm. right? The problem with Black Futures Month is like there's nothing like tangible to grasp onto. Black right. History Month is like, oh, we can always bring up the you know Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Right. We're talking about civil Black... rights. We're talking yeah, about right. you know various things. You know? It's so funny. No, I started out this this Black History Month. I was like, we're going back. <laughs> I had like hieroglyphics on my shirt. Yeah. I was like, we're just gonna go really far back, and we're gonna come up to Whitney. We're gonna, like. Nope. We're yeah. going to look at like Tony, like, you know, just yeah. thinking about how we hold space. And I, I've been thinking a lot about like Tony Morrison and June Jordan and Tizaki Shange mm -hmm. and like folks who were that embodiment, right, of mm -hmm. future and Octavia, you know what I mean? Like so many people who mm -hmm. are like future, yeah. history, like forever healing, like just all of these different realms that I feel like we do and don't talk about you know and no. and now i see a lot of us like you know putting ourselves into these boxes to become in like these hamster wheels um no. and i i feel like it, it comes from that like individualistic thinking mm -hmm. you know that no. i that me 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 no. and i and no. look i'm here for i statements i'm <laughs> like <laughs> y'all speak for yourselves yeah. But it's also just like, where are we holding space for discussion for, you know, like discomfort or, yeah, um, yeah like for learning. I think, mm -hmm. I think learning and growing together. I feel like it's just, I mean, it, it, it feels very cutthroat. It feels very cutthroat yeah. right now. Um, yeah. And, but I also think about, you know, a number of people being in like fight or flight, you know, mm -hmm. like our bodies. Like we we're just talking about trauma, our bodies have yeah. been in a very traumatic space, yeah. Yeah. constantly. And, and so there's one the, thing yeah. too to be in that space and to have it acknowledged. It's another right to not have it acknowledged, right? To be in that to be in a fight or flight space, and like folks are acting as though it's not that way, is 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 wild, right? Absolutely. Um, but that's where we at. You yes. Know? Like like folks, I don't know, man. Like. <laughs> It's complete ignorance, actually. That's what it is, you know. When you when you know a thing and decide to to behave otherwise, All right? That's that. I guess that's the definition of, of ignorance. It is. It is the definition of yeah. ignorance, and I think that yeah. it's interesting because, like, I just wish that we could all pause, that we would mm -hmm. all just stop, 
just like take yeah. a moment. And I love the Nat Ministry for that because she's just like, yo, what yeah. are we doing? Like we're just yeah. out here perpetuating white supremacy, grind yeah. culture. Every day. Because it's embedded. But I'm yeah. like, how? where are we releasing this? Where are we letting mm-hmm. it go? You know? Yeah. And I think that we let it go in our bonds with each other, you know, in the ways mm-hmm. that we connect that are deeply rooted in our culture and our traditions and our families and our friends and yeah. people who like, yeah. you know, love and see us. Yeah. And I think it's also really hard to do that. It's really hard to see those people. It's really hard to connect with those people right now. And yeah. so like, I think what I've been facing is like, man, like I like would love to be in all these different spaces, but then I'm just so fried that I don't even have the energy to show up as me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so because of, of that grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that grind and then it's like everyone is pretty everyone is exhausted. Everyone I like I was like like I tweeted yesterday, I was like, Wow, all the black women that I've talked to lately are exhausted. But I know that's everybody. Yeah. But I know when black women are exhausted, that's a different say, level. But, but black women especially though, y'all. Yeah. You know, yeah. 'cause we like I just seen us like go through and then Mm-hmm. persevere through a lot of things and so for all of us to be so so exhausted it's yeah. telling and i'm like man i just feel like we need a vacation we need a retreat but it's yeah. like that doesn't that doesn't solve anything yeah. that doesn't like you know shift anything and so just thinking about like just the deep like deep root of of where we are right of like Mm -hmm. white supremacy and like sleep deprivation and like you know like the ways that we've seen a lot of violence um Mm -hmm. towards black and brown folks especially in this time right and like Mm -hmm. what does that look like for us you know to just keep seeing it yeah it's it's tiring, <laughs> right? Like in so, in a lot of ways, that's what that's what this my forthcoming collection like was thinking about because I wrote most of the book um, during the summer of twenty twenty twenty, I guess, um, and um, that's the exact same thing I was thinking about, like what it means, like how exhausting it is. So the first thought, my first like my first inclination or thing that I was thinking about is like how exhausting it is to witness death like all the time, like that it drummed, you know, like as a rhythm, right? Like death as a rhythm. And then I thought about like, like what does it mean to like reclaim agency over like that narrative of death? Mm-hmm. And and uh, Kendrick Lamar, Flying Lotus, that never catch me, you know that mm-hmm. video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That video is dope. I know. Uh, shout out to Darius Simpson, who, who lo- also loves that video, and and um, <laughs> I got a forthcoming collection too coming yes. out. Uh, is it Never Catch Me? Is, mm-hmm, never Catch Me. Never, with never, Button. Yeah, with Button. Yeah, yeah. Too. So shout out to Darius for that joint too. I don't know if he titled it after the, the Flight Notice joint, but it's so so fitting. Um, but I bring that up because I think in that video, like it is like a reclamation of like. The narrative of death, of black death, like what it means to be black and to and to see your 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 friends dying around you, right? So then, um, that I put those two kind of thoughts together, and I really was trying to like understand because when we write, of course, like writing is just us trying to like find out something we didn't know mm-hmm. when we when we sat down to write it. And um, so yeah, that was me wrestling with that question, that very thought, like what does it mean? Like how exhausting exhausting is it is it right to witness death, to live through death? And mm-hmm. to still like 
stand upright like every day. Right. Um, and I'm still chewing on it, right? Like I still don't have, I, I never have no answers. So I'm still, no. still like working through the, those considerations. Well, because when you think you do have an answer, like I, like this past week, I mean, alone, there was so many, so many different things, but like the past yeah. month, you know, I've just, I've been thinking about, you know, Ian Alexander, Regina King's son, mm-hmm. and like Chesley Chris, like just thinking about like black Tough. folks and our mental yeah. health and what's going yeah. on. Um, and then I think, did you watch the famous Jet Jackson? I did. Yep. So Lee Tom, his birthday was this week. Yep. And so like so many things were just coinciding. Yep. I'm like, I follow his the, the like foundation that they founded. Um, yep. And just thinking about how we do and don't talk about so much right grief Mm -hmm. being a lot of that because there's so many deaths that happen within us too you know not just like around us but in in who we are right and like how we hold space for that because like one thing i'm i've reflected on is that like our grief lives in our body Mm -hmm. you know we like like yeah it lives (laughs) in our body like so wholeheartedly and we're not taught to like express it we're not taught to like hold space for it we're taught to like shut it in you know Mm -hmm. to hold it in to like really just try to dissipate it through us and that doesn't actually happen um it manifests in other parts of the body and other things and like you know we know this right like and so just thinking about like how how do we get like past these spaces you know not past them but like moving in them and i think i remember i I saw something that was talking about how people assume that grief is like you know you'll be fine in this much time (laughs) and i'm you know and it was like no like grief it will always ever it'll forever be you know and it's really more about how you honor that how you honor that Mm -hmm. grief um Mm -hmm. and so i was curious for you like how you honor your grief oh man that's tough. How do I honor my grief? Yep. Yep. Okay. So I think the first acknowledging it, like you were just saying, right? Like acknowledging it. And um, I'm a really, I am a really solemn person in the sense that I, for me to make sense of things sometimes, I have to be like, like by myself to sit alone. Um, and I find that in those space, in those moments, in those spaces, that's when like I am able to, to 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 do like the reflection to acknowledge things like grief, or um, like hurt, um, or like just my my emotions in general, like just just checking in. Um, and so I think allowing like acknowledging the grief, but then also allowing the grief to like not like you know, run my, my life, but, but to like have its way in some ways, right. Like to, Mm. you know, to, to notice it. And when I say notice it, not just like notice I'm sad, but like notice every emotion, every feeling, every thought so that, um, and I want to be clear too, this is not like a, an academic exercise. So not like in a sense that like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm planning to like study it and like, I don't know break it down but in a way that allows allows me to like understand it more fully like understand the grief more fully so that i can connect it with how i'm currently feeling and and all of that and so i think i guess just acknowledging it and then like you know 
allowing it to like to unfold and to work its way through my body through you know through the way that i feel the way that i express and all of that and i think in that because it's going to come out one way or another <laughs> so, so it's like you can you can be kind of constructive about how you allow it to to manifest and i think that's what i'm learning and i'm still mm-hmm. literally still learning so thank you for the question because it's a thing that like even in these past few years um that i've dealt with things and it's like if prior to these past few years I would have, you know, kind of ignored the thing. But like recently I've been like, all right, what is this thing? Like, what does it mean? Why does it make you feel this way? Um, Where does it come from? What are some of maybe the old hangups that cause it to like magnify, like make it be bigger than it might be? Um, So I guess, yeah, just really like kind of sitting with whatever the thing is. And again, that goes back to like the patience and, and being like a lot slower Mm-hmm. and not you know thinking that i have to get through a thing or, or move on like you said right like it's not an ending it's not a thing that, that ends right but rather thing you continuously have to have to work with and, and kind of sift through um mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah that's it yeah and it's interesting i mean i think for me there's a few different ways that i like have had to cultivate like really like moving through and with my grief so like you said like holding space for it um whether it is like in my body or like if it's like i need to go be in some form of nature usually near like a body of water um what i really like just thought of while you were talking and just like like it was like a reflection of like wow like monterey is is a place that of like life and death for me um Mm -hmm. like i was literally born there (laughs) oh word i didn't know that Mm -hmm. okay on on the base Oh, four door, yeah, yeah, yeah. Born okay. on the base, and um, you know, it's it's a place where I've also lost folks. You know, yeah. um, mentors, good friends, parts of myself. You know, just like that, and and it's also like a place where I've almost died, like myself. Mm. And I thought mm. about how my favorite like little beach to go to in Monterey is actually the one that I I nearly drowned at when I was like mm. eight. And and it's super interesting because I, I have new memories with that beach. Yeah. I have new, yeah. like, you know, like going to college out there. It was just like, that was my first beach cleaned up. That was like, it was just so many yeah. different things that like are connected with that. But the irony of the life and death that lives there, you know, yeah. the like iterations yeah. of self that can like be in those spaces. Um, and then just thinking about like how you, how you hold that space. Right. And then for me, like I have... I meant like like I said, a mentor and a close friend who died, who they passed away, um, like like year a year after each other, but one told me about the death of the other. Um oh, wow. and so it was like, Jeez. what is this? Like yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I was really shaken up. Um, but yoga, like, and I I, I it's always funny when I say this because I always sound so I feel so woo-woo, you know. But yeah. yoga was really <laughs> the way I was able to get back in my body, I, I couldn't, I wasn't even, I wasn't present. I couldn't be. I was like, yeah. what is this universe? If they don't live in this, if they don't live in this dimension, what is it? Where are we? Yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like that was really hard. It was really hard. And, and I don't think that we talk about that enough, mm-hmm. you know, that like there isn't a moment where it gets easier. Like, I still celebrate their birthdays. I like, you know, um, I I did a yoga, trauma-informed yoga training 
on the weekend of their birthday. Um, because they have back to back birthdays, of course, Pisces. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and so just thinking about like, even if it doesn't have to be some, you know, big thing, it's like the little, it's the little things, you know, that I think really hold that space, um, without having to, you know, constantly be breaking down crying. I also support the crying. (laughs) I'm like, that is like your body's way of release. Like there's actual endorphins that happen from crying. Like crying Mm -hmm. makes you happy. It's proven. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just thinking about how, you know, we've been taught to hold, hold those feelings and actually taught to not taught to just move past it, to just keep moving. Um, And I feel like we're all at a place where we, we can't just keep moving. And and I see that in young people. They're, they're like, like, what are, what, what's, what's next? Because there's a different way. There's a whole different way. And so I'm wondering, like, for you as a father, too, like, what are some hopes that you have for, like, this new, this new iteration of where we're, where we're moving and look in our healing, in our history, in ourself, in our future? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, it's funny you asked that. So one of the things, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically, my daughter's name is Genesis. And, um, I, so I love her, of course, tremendously, right? We love her tremendously. And and she knows that. She's fully aware of that. And I tell her probably 75 times a day that I love her. But one of the things that I've thought about and I've been really trying to do lately is show her and teach her that she's also capable of loving. And so that when she grows up, she doesn't realize, I mean, she doesn't have to just say, you know, oh, my folks love me, right? Or people love me or whatever, but rather um, that's true. And also I'm capable of expressing, giving um, and showing love just as much as I am loved. And so I guess what I'm hoping for, and it is, it sounds really romantic and all that, but like, I'm, it is a real, like a real reality that I'm, I'm hoping to manifest. And that is, I hope that she can operate in the world to where she can show and provide love to other folks um, in whatever that looks like, right? In a way that's safe for her, that's comfortable for her, and that's, you know, that she's able to to handle. But it is a tough thing, right? Because a lot of folks are, you know, she's going to have stuff she goes through, right? Um, You know, hangups and and baggage and whatever. She'll be hurt at some point, you know, it's life, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that to establish like that kind of character of, of, you know, being worthy of being loved and also, you know, being able to provide love to, to the world and to, to, to her folks, whoever her folks, she decides whoever her folks are, um, and being able yeah, to provide that love. So that's, that's my hope is that, you know, she can find her, her people and love her people mm-hmm. infinitely, you know? Yes. Um, I hope that for everybody too, but I have the responsibility of trying to, you know, shape and mold this this little human, and and that's what I'm I'm hoping for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, and I, I think that that's that's really beautiful. Just thinking about worthiness, you know, mm-hmm. like I've been thinking about black girls and worthiness often, yeah. you know, and and what black girls are taught so early about yeah. who we are, who we're not. You know, what we should and shouldn't do, who we should and shouldn't be. Um, There's so much, there's so much scrutiny. And it's it's wild to think about that as a Black girl, 
right? And mm-hmm. so it's like this whole timeline of like, you know, come, like black woman, like there's just so much of like moving through what you shouldn't be doing, how you shouldn't yeah. love people, how you shouldn't show, like, you know, how, yeah. like, I love Drake, but like he said, like this generation of not being in love, right? Like, yeah. like there's just so, this so deep connection now to like acting like you don't care. To not like it's, it's, yeah it's the thing to do like it's 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 the thing to do you know um yeah it's tough and that's a tough a tough life to, to be in right that's a tough way to live you know because then you're in constant like um i don't know i feel like you're in, you're in, you know like in constant a constant state of like anxiety because you're like mm. you're either gonna hurt someone or gonna be hurt um and I feel like that's what what it's set up for. That way, it's set up for that for that kind of anxiety and and uneasiness. And I can't live like that. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Like the way that I'm set up, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So, <laughs> um, so I could, yeah, I could, that's why I could I couldn't be out in these streets nowadays, man. It just you <laughs> said I can't live like this. <laughs> the streets ain't for me nowadays, man. Listen, <laughs> it'd be tough. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that a lot of it is is learned right like the levels yeah. of like what we've learned about productivity what we've learned about you know what mm-hmm. it means to like love and be with someone like you know we've learned about so many different things and I think that like a lot of it has been divisive you know yep. it, like it's very been like okay how do we keep yep. each other apart how do it's, we you know like it's, it's all wrapped up in, you know, as you know, imperialism, colonialism, racial capitalism, all, all those things. <laughs> yep. All them isms feed into everything we're talking about, you know, and it's so funny how it's all, it, it is all, you know, tools of, of, of that. Mm-hmm. The divisiveness is a tool of, of racial capitalism, literally. Right. Um, and, it, and it shouldn't be a science that way, but it is, you know, it's by design. Um, and it's just terrible that it is that way. But but and it's all what's even more terrible, what's even more uh I think disheartening is that like our people believe or like buy into it, right? Buy into the to that science. It's a deep conditioning. Um, it's a deep conditioning. It's a deep conditioning that yeah, you know, I feel like there are a few folks who are like, Okay, what are we all doing? But then mm-hmm. you know, there's not much much doing. Um and then yeah. there are like it's just it's really hard because it's like then you look over here and you're like, yes, like, like this is happening. The work is being, you know, done yeah. and, and maintained. Um, because I think that it, we, we get so fixed in the sensational, like it's live right now. And then things kind of trickle off. But I have really been thinking about like how we sustain, you know, mm-hmm. like what does it look like for us to sustain if we're all trying to be martyrs, if we're all trying to mm-hmm. just go become the next, you know, whatever, like, yeah. What does that look like? Because, you know, yeah, I keep thinking about Fred Hampton and just like, there's yeah. so much, there's so much more there that for all of us to be doing. Um, yeah. And just the impact of a life, right? The ripples of our lives and thinking about yeah. how it's more than just us. It's more than just about a singular person. Yeah, but that's, that's, but that in and of itself is the first hurdle that folks have to get over, like the idea of individualism, right? And everything that was shown nowadays is about individualism. So, like, how do you counter an entire, again, system that's designed to, like, tell you that you're an individual and you have to come up with an individual 
um, magnificent thing in order to become even more powerful as an individual, right? <laughs> so, like, everything, like, nowadays is about, like, hyper-individualism. And, and you know, it's funny because, you know, in, again, in my classes we, we, that, that are much, you know, they're communal-based. They workshop, like, all the time. And so, you know, I always say, like, you're told, like, all the way K through 12, you know, uh, don't cheat, don't don't look to the left or the right, don't use your friends, you know, copy off your friend's paper, whatever, this and that. And then you get to, you know, get to college, same thing, right? It's all about mm-hmm. the individual, how well you can, you know, do things, don't plagiarize. Um, and then you go into the world and, like, you're asked, like, how well do you collaborate? Yep. Or how well <laughs> do you work with others? And, and honestly, you got to be like, well... Technically, I've, ne- I've been told to not work with others like my entire life. So what do you want me to do now, right? Uh, so it is a it's an ass backwards, you know. Yeah. Um, society, you know. Again, we're, we're we got to be in community. Like what what else what are what else are we gonna do if 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 we're not like looking out for each other and being in community with each other? Like what better way to live? I mean, than that? I mean, it's a lot of just suffering in silence. Yeah. You know, it is. And I mean, what you were saying about like schools and that, like that system, I'm in my second master's right now who are on the way to finishing. Um, But then the first one, which I did in Monterey, (laughs) um, it was wild because we were all in group projects. And so the school Mm -hmm. was really focused on group projects. Like you were saying, I was like, let me just go do my thing on my own. Like, I'm not about to wait on y'all to. Yeah. Like, like group what? projects are tough though. That's a different beast. That's a different beast, yo. <laughs> like, like, but yeah. when you think about that, even of just like why, like for me, not wanting to rely on these other people, you know, like yeah. the inherent mistrust of like y'all not gonna do it right, you know. Yeah. And just thinking about you know how when we go even go into the world, there is still that mm-hmm. when you're in these spaces, you know doing the things there's still that scrutiny there's still that like microscope that that you live under and it's really interesting because i'm like i didn't realize it till more recently that like black folks were just watched Mm -hmm. we're we're generally just watched for so many different things studied honestly um and it's a little alarming and it should be a lot more alarming for for more of us yep yep black folks are the culture man we we are the we it. <laughs> we're, we're it. So yeah, they gotta study us. You know, they 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 love to 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 study us and use our our language and, and mm-hmm. our, our diction or our lexicon. Uh, but of course, say that it's in it's invalid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, James Baldwin talks about the lie, and the lie is that you know, you know, when they came to the states, you know, they could see a man and they. Clearly, it was a man, but they said that's not a man. That's the lie, you know. And it's perpetuated till this day, right? The idea that like we're not, we're not people. We're not capable of such such emotion and such, um, you know. I don't know. We're not people. We're profit. We're, we're profit. Well, I mean, yeah, we're the oil of this country for sure. And so, yeah <laughs> i know it, it's a very star- it's a really stark reality and it's something that i yeah. i like i've been kind of like grappling with that i i want people listening to grapple with too because i know folks are listening from all over but you know i think that like yeah the black american experience is is really interesting it's really intriguing you know yeah. it's like 
having loyalty to this thing that doesn't it's not loyal to you like it's like yeah what? yeah you know where is that that's, other, that's another thing man that's that's been uh something i've been thinking through and that is not necessarily like why i know why the why is because we don't know like we don't know anything else and so if you're not educated on like anything outside of like slavery and like when we came you know, to the United States or how you, however you, you, you arrived here through your ancestors, then like, that's all you got. But I also think, um, like black folks are the only, like the only, uh, race of folks that like completely like invented themselves and continuously invent themselves. And oftentimes it's done so in a way that reclaims something. And there's thousands of examples, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we were we were forced to eat certain things as slaves, right? And right. we turned those into delicacies. Um, you know, chitlins and and I don't know grits. That, that is and, not and a delicacy. That is not a delicacy. It's not, a, not, it's throw not, a delicacy. <laughs> not 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 at all. Not at all, right? <laughs> but hog hog mugs and, and yeah. But, but listen, all all the scraps, right? The scraps we turned into to gems the somehow, dishes, yeah. right? Um. And, and so, and there's examples with that and all kinds, not just food, but like everything, music and, um, you know, just, just all kinds of stuff. And so I guess what I was, where I was going is that um, there is an allegiance, not to the United States as the United States, but as a place that is as black as, as, as black can be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because this country, what is more American than black, like than, than, than a black person? There is nothing because literally we're it. <laughs> right and so i guess you know the allegiance is is to what we've been able to reclaim and build and forge in in our own name as opposed to um you know being being given something right a force to to, to you know yeah pledge leads to some to something yeah so i think yeah it's I, again i give benefits of the doubt to black folks all the time man because i'm like look Y'all, y'all doing it in one way or another, and even if you are still like you don't know, you know, much about X thing, mm -hmm. um, I'm patient with you because, like, I also <laughs> don't know nothing. <laughs> We're all still learning. We're all still yep. learning so yep. many things. I yep. think it's really more about that commitment to learning. You know, that mm -hmm. commitment to always be growing and to always even be like look, the two of us just grappling with these things that we're like yeah. ooh like I have to sit with this you know I really have to sit yeah. with this a little deeper because I feel like I don't know I've been more annoyed in this last week of Black History Month than I've been like yeah. yay look at us I'm like this is annoying why why yeah. does this corporation have like Ali, a kente Ali. cloth in their, <laughs> their logo I've literally, I've literally had the exact same sentiments this past week commercial after commercial of literally just like yo it's february we're gonna put african we're gonna do red green and <laughs> on, our, on our commercials i'm just like how like <sighs> and I'm, meanwhile i'm like i'm, I'm gonna just celebrate i celebrate all year but you know yeah y'all got us messed yeah. up this year because yeah and it's, it's just... like it'd be like this this like there is no like real ain't no money going to to nobody um where are the reparations ain't nothing happening <laughs> yeah right yo ain't nothing happening more than like 
again, these gestures, these performative gestures. Mm-hmm. And it and, and this it's not like it doesn't happen every year, but I feel like like you said, for this year in particular, I'm just like especially annoyed and like like over it. I yeah. honestly I haven't even acknowledged like Black History Month. I'm just like it's February. Like, <laughs> I'm black all year. You're I'm welcome. All year, like, y'all. All year. Y'all can Check hit me up to June. come talk all year. In June. Yeah, hit me up in June. Let's talk. <laughs> um, it's so real. And I and I think that, like, just the whole space where we're just, like, supposed to be, like, grateful. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like post-Juneteenth, it's been like, oh, let's get these black holidays going. We, we're in it. And it's like, no, this this is mm-hmm. not this is not bringing us closer to anything. But um, so I was I work with high school girls, and this week, you know, I'm like like coming into space. I'm like we're acknowledging Black History. I'm talking about Black healing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I bring in um, Jasmine Mann's Yo. body poem. She has like a Yo. video, and Yo. it's like a minute and fourteen seconds. But like, who mm-hmm. the body? And I just feel like what she brings into that space around like how she's talking about her body and, you know, the body not being all right, but then her questioning her own body. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's where we've been. And it was really interesting to hear the young folks talk about how the thing that stuck with them the most was like their body was their oldest friend, Mm -hmm. but not Mm -hmm. even trusted. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was like, I felt that. I felt that in the space of like, we literally our body's been with us since day one yeah since before you came out the womb <laughs> you know yeah man shout out to jasmine too the homie that's 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 the homie in, in, in that poem in particular and you're right like i didn't th- i haven't thought about that either like the idea that our bodies are our oldest friend and that we we care they the only thing that that have, has been there like like you said since the beginning through through everything, they didn't see every. They didn't see it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of it, it. <laughs> like all the things, like no one else knows about our bodies yeah. are seen, you know. And yeah. so, just thinking about, like in this time, like how a lot of folks have been numbing out their body, and you know, kind mm-hmm. of like just trying to just keep going. And I'm curious for you if there is anything that you do to to really bring yourself present you know to bring yourself back into your most you um mm-hmm. you know in your body like a, mm-hmm. an embodiment yeah yeah man all these questions have me have, are, are, are chewable i gotta chew on all these joints okay i can share first and then and then yeah <laughs> you, you share first let me look he said you gotta rub yeah, the beard and reflect <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so for me, like one one really like like deep embodiment that like I it doesn't feel performative or all at all. It's just like dance party. Yeah. I'll just turn on, you know, one of my favorite songs or a few of my favorite songs and just yeah. let it ride very loud. Um and I'm dancing like nobody's watching because nobody's watching. Yeah. And I think for yeah. me, that's like cultivating space for joy. Um, it's also releasing grief and tension in my body, usually like in yeah. the lower back, you know, yeah. um, and just like hold it, like just letting it go, shaking that out because, yeah. you know, it's, 
one thing I just keep reflecting on is like as an artist, as a creator, as someone who like is committed and, and really intentional about shifting these these narratives and these spaces we find ourselves in. I'm like, how am I doing that within myself? Um, and, and for me, there has to be some sort of like movement. Um, or if I'm not moving, it's the stillness. And so like yeah. that, I ha- I acknowledge that like my, like if my body's like, girl, we don't got it. It's just, we're, we're laying and we're meditating, you know, yeah. and I'm breathing into my body and I'm like, wow, yeah. my arm is kind of sore, you know, yeah. and acknowledging like, damn, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. All right, cool. I'm ready now. <laughs> appreciate appreciate the, the, the spark. So it's funny you talked about dancing or if that's not happening to that you you know you're you're, you're laying down or you're still um s- similarly i also think stillness helps me kind of like refocus reground and like you know um pay attention to myself and my body like like you were saying mm-hmm. um and and i find that particularly um useful when i'm writing and that is like I think the act of writing happens beyond like, of course, like font and text or page and pen, um, but also in those spaces that we're not writing. And one of those spaces for me that's super fruitful is in leisure and leisure, not in like, like sleeping or like laying around, but leisure as in like um, being introspective and patient and still in the opposite of that though, I'll say is uh, um, so my grandfather was a carpenter and I, this is this is my theory of why I'm a well, maybe part of the reason why I'm a poet. So my grandfather was a carpenter, which means he you know made things with his, with his hands. And what I've found now, uh, the last like five or six years, is that I enjoy using my hands to to make things. And so like in the summer, especially when I'm you know not teaching, uh, you know during the year in the summer when I have a little more time, um, I'll make things. And so like I don't know, I'll make a, like a wooden bench or. A, I don't know, just wood, whatever. Wow. Um, it, well, yeah, and I like to craft just, again, using my hands. And when I do that, I take my time. Um, I usually don't, like, you know, um, I'm not over-interested in, like, a blueprint or, like, the plans for a thing, but I'll just start making something, and it'll end up being a table or, a you know, again, or a bench or whatever. And I think a part of that is... Um, I'm frequently in my head as an academic, as a writer. And so allowing myself to use my hands mm-hmm. reconnects like the body part, right? Like the, the whole idea of, of, of my body being able to create or make a thing from nothing. Um, and so I find like solemn in that I find like energy, although it's tiring sometimes, like I find like energy through the making of a thing of crafting a thing, mm-hmm. right. Of sanding something down. Right. Or, or, you know, sawing or, or na- uh, nailing something or, you know, using mm-hmm. a screwdriver or whatever tool. Again, just using my hands to kind of shape or mold or make something. Um, I find like extremely, I don't know, I do it by myself. Right. Like I'll spend hours, like a whole day, you know, sometimes on, on a bench or whatever. Right. Wow. And um, at the end, it's cool. I have something to sit on. But I think even more so than that, it's like I got to use my hands and make a thing right out of out of nothing um so that's the theory of why i'm a poet and why i'm a writer is because my grandfather was a carpenter and used his hands and poetry is another way of using your hands right another way of making mm-hmm. and forming or shaping a thing with with your body poetry exists in a body before it exists on a page right so i think you know that's how okay, we okay come on poet laureate 
listen, that's that's how that's how I know poetry is through the body, right? Um, before a, a printing press existed, there was the body, right? Like folks told stories through the mouth, and and, and so your question makes me think not only about like how I recenter my body and rethink about my body, but also how I return to the page and return to to poeming, and that's through through the through the body. Um, so thanks for that question. I love that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had one more for you, but I was like, you know what? Do you want to ask me a question? I'm, this is I'm trying to something new. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. All right, here's a semi-specific question. Okay. So I like to think that even fiction um, is rooted in, in truth. Like all writing, of course, should be rooted in some truth. I'm also an empiricist in, in many ways. And so everything derives from, from something we've witnessed or experienced. So when it comes to writing fiction, to writing your book, working on your thesis, which is which is fiction, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, what have you found to be what have you found to be the toughest thing to grapple with that is fiction, but also straddles the line of truth? Like a Mm. um yeah does that make sense i want to make sure the question is 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 clear that something that is truthful right but also like all right so what is that balance between something that's real right but also something that appears in the book as a fictionalized thing right and and how have you navigated that not only as a writer but also just as like as a somebody existing in in the world right yeah yeah Yeah. it's a big question it's well and it's it's on time um because yeah. it's one that i've been kind of sitting with a lot um my character battles like a lot of anxiety yep. and so do i um and so that's kind of where that the truth you know it lives but it's also mm-hmm. like i mean there are moments where my book is like memoir um mm-hmm. and so it's it's fiction because i made the world but like there are elements yeah. that like i was like ooh, like ocean ocean vaughn costs his his joint uh auto fiction because mm-hmm. it's similar right it's like autobiographical but it's fiction right exactly so yours you know, exactly you know. and so it's similar in that and i think what i've been really trying to figure out how to move through is like we live in this banned book age right now right mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. all my favorite books are banned like <laughs> it's like yeah. so many yeah. of my favorite books are banned you know and my favorite authors have banned books and so just thinking about you know writing into these spaces that like are really more about our culture, our truth, our history, like how we want to show up mm-hmm. and and less about disrespecting anybody, you know? Yeah. It's more like, how do we censor these people? And so what I've really been thinking a lot about and sitting a lot on is is mental health in, in, in the Black family, you know, mm-hmm. and what that shows up as um, and how to write about that. That's not traumatizing. That's not triggering. That's no. not bringing in my trauma to the writing. No. Um that also is acknowledging my trauma while I'm writing. Uh, and no. then and then just thinking about how we have those conversations because we need to be having them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think it's never been more true that we are having That's them. tough. And that's tough too. So shout out to you for, that's a tough um, project, right? Like folks don't even talk about, black folks don't talk about mental health in books and literature. Barely. That doesn't exist very, very often. Um, so yeah, you're doing the, the Lord's work. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. The, Lord, the Lord's work is what you they know, say. 
And I, I think that yeah. it's, it's just, it's crucial. I feel like when we think about Bell Hooks and Toni Morrison and, you know, all mm-hmm. these folks, they were, they were writing into it. They were, but it was like, we never got, we never got explicit. We never got super, yeah. you know? um, yeah. and I don't think we you need know, to be hold explicit on. to. We didn't need to though, right? Mm-hmm. The best writing is not when you're explicit. The best writing is, look, I'm going to paint this picture. This picture is going to be so vivid that you are forced to confront what the picture says without illustrated. Yeah. Um, and I think Toni Morrison, hands down, is the queen of that. Yeah. Of painting that picture and forcing you to look at it and like make a decision about what you're gonna do with that that picture. Yeah. Um, yo. <laughs> yo. So that's that's kind of where I've been sitting in in that space. Um, that I think is really important, like to to be be really gentle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, to be really like careful. I think that um, not to be cautious because I really keep thinking about folks I know, like I like I mentioned some folks who have died by suicide, but folks I know who have died by suicide and so thinking about yeah. like, you know, ha- like having a character where that happens um, and what does that look like in a, a space where we have shows like 13 Reasons Why based on a book. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, like a lot of sensationalized stuff and in terms of young adults, I keep just reflecting on, like, I grew up on Degrassi. Yeah. I grew up on Degrassi, yeah. where, like, characters were having sex and getting their little, yeah. you know, different STDs and, you know, people, yeah. like, stuff was happening. Yeah. And so it, was, it wasn't, it was like, the space where we're all just, like, huh, you know, yeah. like, we're seeing the stuff, we're living life. And I feel like the idea that young folks are not living life is where people are so caught up in arms about, you know, what is in a book and what's not in a book. So that's a really great question. And it's something that I've, I've been trying not to be careful about to, I, to, to where I don't do something, but like really caring about how I handle subject matter because yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I don't ever want to get to the space where I'm like, judgy or like you know yeah, like just yeah. i don't want to have like these are the reasons why no this is not this is not that space um yeah, so yeah. really just expanding for me i just want to expand conversations and that's that's yeah. the purpose of this podcast too is just to expand conversations i don't feel like we're having enough of yeah yeah you're a writer i mean that's the purpose of a writer is to expand those conversations just to paint a picture so that you have to have a conversation so um appreciate it appreciate yes. the, the conversation appreciate the expansion of, of my mind through these questions right like this this is where this is where i'm able to i don't know you asked about like carving out space this is this is me carving out space right this is this mm-hmm. is where i allow my where really where my physical my spiritual my emotion like murders and you're able to like really work through stuff right through conversation yeah i agree yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for making this time um, and just being yourself and doing all the things you're doing. Please like continue to hold space for your heart and your folks um, and the work that you're doing because it's so important. Word, word. Likewise, yo, again, you're doing the Lord's work. Shout out to you and thank you for, for having me come through. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chit Chat with Alley Cat. Please subscribe where you listen to podcasts and we'll catch you later.